Hi there, and welcome to the Birth Story Therapist Podcast, the safe space for mamas and parents to share their birth stories, discuss common issues experienced with parenting, feel heard and validated, engage in discussion about the complexity of their motherhood journeys, and how they manage their mental health along the way. Come here every week to hear from mamas who are just like you, figuring it out one day at a time. Hear from myself, Crystal, licensed therapist, host of this podcast, and private practice owner of Southeast Perinatal Counseling. I specialize in maternal mental health, if you haven't guessed already. I'll share helpful tips and techniques to manage your mental health as you navigate motherhood, both in the perinatal and postpartum period, as well as bring on other mamas so you can gain from their history, their stories, maybe some gems that you can apply to your motherhood journey. And of course, I also have on professionals within the maternal mental health space that might be able to offer additional techniques and resources to help you along the way. So I want to welcome this guest mom to today's episode of the Birth Story Therapist podcast. I'm really excited to have this mom on to hear about her motherhood experiences Um, This is a mom who I met back in undergrad, and so um, it's been really exciting to see her journey throughout social media, but I have the pleasure, just like all of you listeners, um, in hearing for the first time her birth story today. So I want to welcome you and extend to you throughout this hour my support um, and empathy and just a heartfelt thank you for being vulnerable and transparent and coming to myself in the audience and sharing a little bit about your journey in motherhood. So please share with us, who are you? What do you do? Any other information so that we can get to know you a bit better? All righty. Um, hello, everyone. My name is Corona Addison. Uh, like Crystal said, me and her met back in undergrad at Winthrop University. We actually, our freshman year, we were next door neighbors. Um, so we've known each other for a while. Um, again, social media and everything. But I um, graduated from Winthrop. I went to York Tech. I recently just finished my lactation uh, consultant program. So that's my next journey going forward. Um, I have a daughter whose name is Artis. She's two years old um, and we actually have the same birthday. Um, Other than that, I'm just working on my journey, you know, navigating motherhood, trying to be a mother with multiple hats. So (laughs) that has definitely been um, a journey for me. Um, So yeah, I'm excited to share my story. And I thank Krista so much for reaching out to me and um, giving me this opportunity. Without a doubt, I'm so excited to hear about you and baby girl. So yeah, so walk us through... um, your birth experiences. And like I said, you can start wherever you'd like. Okay. All right. Um, so I guess I'll take it back to when I found out I was pregnant. Um, so we're actually going on a little girl's outing for my best friend Rhonda, um, birthday. So we were in Savannah, Georgia. And I had been craving hot sauce 
and hot stuff a lot. And so we went to some wine tasting thing and <laughs> I was like trying all the different hot sauces. And like my friends were looking at me because it was a uh, Rhonda, Kristen and Simone. We all were down in Savannah to celebrate. And I looked and I was just like, I hadn't missed my period yet. It was um, due to come on, but I just felt weird. I asked my friends. I was just like, I asked Kristen. I said, Kristen, do you think I'm pregnant? She was just like, yeah, I do. Like, you just look different. I'm just like, how can you tell somebody is pregnant like that soon? (laughs) But okay. So then we took a friend trip to CVS to get a pregnancy test. And Simone, of course, is like, let's take it now. Go in the bathroom and take it. I'm like, no. That's real ghetto. We're not doing that. We'll wait till we get back to the Airbnb. So we get back. Everybody's nervous and like excited. So I go in the bathroom and, you know, I left the door open because I'm really like open with all my friends. And I like sit on the toilet, you know, do my business. I set the pregnancy test up on the, um, the counter. And when I tell you, the thing was positive so fast. I didn't even have to wait the three minutes. Like, it was, like, instantly positive. And I was just like, bro, what? <laughs> so I literally just put my head down and just, like, started laughing. You know, that uncontrollable laugh of, like, dang, like, what am I <laughs> going to do? So my friends was like, what does it say? What does it say? And, like, they come rushing in the bathroom and get the test. Like, oh, my God, I'm so excited. And I'm sitting there like, I can't wrap my head around this, like, at all. Like, I'm pregnant. Like, what? And everybody's super excited. And, of course, you know, they're like, yay, da 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 And I'm sitting there, like, crying because this is a lot at once. Like, I'm glad to be surrounded by friends and everything. But, you know, once you find out you're pregnant, especially if you're not, you know, in a relationship, like an established relationship or a marriage, that can be something hard because you don't know how, like, the other person is going to take it. So I start thinking about all these things, like not even about me, me, it's about, oh, what is he going to think? What are my family going to think? Like all kind of things like that. So I'm like stressed out about that. So, you know, we enjoy the trip. We come home. And so then um, I go to meet uh, artist's father and, you know, I'm trying to break it to him that, you know, hey, I'm pregnant. Uh, very stressful time. Um, so I eventually like kind of told him and he was very supportive, which I was, you know, thankful for. He said, I'm with you either way, um, whatever decision you want to go with, like I'm here to support you. So that was like a big, like weight lifted, you know, to have support, especially from the father of my child. So that was, um, that was very relieving. <clears throat> then the next hardest part of my journey was um, telling my family. Just a little background on that. Um, I'm my dad's only child, and that makes me the only niece slash nephew, the only grandchild. So you can imagine what life has been like for me. a very nerve-wracking moment and anybody that knows like my family they know that how everyone treats me like I'm the baby of the family and then everybody knows how hard my grandma goes and she has no filter so I ended up telling my aunt and uncle first because my uncle's like super cool he's been with my aunt since before I was born so like He's family regardless, um, even before the marriage. So he's super cool, super understanding. So, like, I went down there um, 
and I told them and <laughs> he was very supportive my aunt she of course was like in tears because she was like you know I didn't want this for you like this and so soon and um my uncle was just like no you have to look at it in a bright way like think about like age and stuff like this like if she wanted to have children like this is the best time to have children you know while you're still at that good age to have a successful like you know good you know ideal pregnancy so he made me feel better in that aspect so you know that went good or whatever but then the hard part of course was telling my daddy and my grandma so I actually have like a recording of it um so I went home I had um the envelope with the ultrasound in it so, um, like I handed it to my dad and I was just like, um, you know, hey guys, just open this or whatever. And he opened it and he was, he took it pretty good. Like he gave me a hug. He said, congratulations. Now my grandma on the other hand, whew, she just was like, I don't know what you laughing at. Ain't nothing funny. Like she went in and like, honestly, like be a real transparent, like my grandma, she pretty much raised me. So like, you know, having uh, support and validation, all that stuff from her is like a big deal to me. But yeah, so it like really hurt that it took her so long to be okay with me being pregnant. So um, between the stress of being pregnant, you know, actually growing a baby and then having to deal like with my grandma is just, it was, it was a lot. I ended up getting, um, it sounds, I always tell people, yes, I'm young, but I got shingles because I was so stressed out. Oh, wow. Right. So I ended up uh, being diagnosed with shingles um, and they said it was probably due to stress. So I was just like, okay, this is great. But um, honestly, like through my pregnancy, uh, the beginning was like a little rough because, you know, just being um, nauseous all the time and just super tired. So, you know, dealing with that and because sometimes, you know, if you're nauseous, you just want to throw up and be done with it. So I honestly think being nauseous is like worse than like just throwing up and getting it over with. So that part was um tough in the beginning, of course, like dealing with my grandma because it took her a while to come around. So like talking because I talk to my grandma um every day so it just would get rough because it's like I'm already emotionally a wreck because I'm pregnant and all these hormones and then she just wasn't that supportive in the beginning because ultimately I think she was hurt but you know again so later down in the pregnancy she finally got on board and things you know started being good but pregnancy for me really wasn't that bad like I tell people I enjoyed being pregnant once I got past the first few months of being nauseous all the time I didn't have any complications like everything was good um I know people always ask what you craved I craved hot stuff like (laughs) hot sauce on potato chips I did crave like salads and uh oranges from time to time but hot stuff like anything with hot sauce on it that's what I was looking for um so yeah so my original due date was on um May 30th uh 2019 um so I'm one of those people um I like to try different things to see if things work so um I originally was going to baby co I don't know if you're familiar with baby co they shut down Um, oh no share what is that Okay, so Baby and Co. was like a more so home birthing type 
center facility. It was more um, personalized. So um, actually my child's father was the one who recommended it because he had um, two friends um, who gave birth through Baby & Co. So we decided to go that route after I did like a tour. And I liked it better because, again, like I like personable things. I don't want to feel like just a number because like this is a big milestone in my life. I want to feel, you know, I want to feel supported. So um, Baby & Co. was really like that. Like you got to meet the different, because most of the people there were um, midwives. Um, so it was just a different experience. Like even going into the office, it was a more like homey type feeling. Like it, it just seemed like, you know, okay, this isn't an office visit. Like I'm, you know, going into like a safe space. Like everybody cares about me individually. It was really nice. Um, you would go in, you would take your own blood pressure, stuff like that. It was just, it was different. It wasn't like I was being rushed in and rushed out. Um, they have like three different birthing suites, so you could actually um, give birth there. Um, they had beds, tubs, everything. So it looked like you're home away from home. So I was like really excited about that. Um, <laughs> so we ended up going with them and I did like most of my visits there. So I was like really excited. And I think it was maybe a month or like a month and a half before I was due. I got an email saying that they were closing. Mm -hmm. I, you know, the more and more you shared, I'm like, okay, that's located in Charlotte. I think yep. I've heard of it before. Yep, it is okay. like, uh, I think it's like kind of like right next to the main Nova, like in that area. Mm -hmm. I'm not good with street names, but. So they send an email. I'm at work because I was still working third shift. And I open up my email. I read it. And I'm literally freaking out because I'm just like, I'm supposed to have my baby at this place. And you used to tell me they're closing? What? <laughs> like, my mind was blown. So, like, I call um, Artist's dad on the phone. And I'm just like, baby, it goes closing. What am I supposed to do? Where am I going to have my baby? And he's just like, he's one of those people. He just like tries to calm me down and doesn't freak out about stuff. He's like, just calm down. Everything's going to work out. And I'm sitting here thinking, you don't have to have a baby. You just got to be there for support. This, I don't want to have a baby in the hospital. I was like, they're going to hook me up to all these things. They're not going to listen to my birth plan. Like I was pissed, <laughs> freaking out. So he was just like, well, you know, at the end of the day, they're closing. You're probably not going to give birth before they close. So, you know, you just got to, you know, look at the brighter thing and try not to think about, oh, this is what I didn't want. And just, you know, try to change your view of things. So I was like, OK. So I ended up transferring to Novant because Baby Co. partnered with Novant. So if anything was to go like wrong during um, the birthing at their center, it was a contract to just be transported to Novant. So I, uh, even though I worked for Atrium, I was just like, well, I'm going to just stick with Novant because at least some of the midwives there I know. So um, I was seeing one of the midwives. Um, I was super like excited because she was an African-American woman. And I was just like, this would be perfect if she delivers my baby because like you know representation like that would be awesome so um after i got over that uh heel of being upset about baby and co closing i just you know coasted the end of my pregnancy and i was just like oh okay you know everything was good my little belly was big but i was having a good time didn't feel terrible 
Um, <clears throat> so people always talked about that pizza, the inducer from um, Hawthorne's Pizza. So of course I had to try it to see if it works. So I went and tried that. I did one of the, um, it's a massage. It's called like an inducing massage for, you know, moms. So I tried that as well. And um, yeah, I'm not exactly, I'm not exactly sure what actually worked, but so it was Saturday, May 25th. So my due date was May 30th. I had went to the doctor like earlier that week and she said I wasn't dilated at all, but she told me not to freak out because, you know, people are like, oh, I'm not dilated. My, I'm just, you know, it's going to take a while for all this to happen. She told me not to freak out. It's normal. I was like, all right, whatever. So I'm planning all this stuff because my birthday is May 26th. So I'm like, okay, my due date the 30th, you know, I'm going to celebrate my birthday. I want to go to my favorite restaurant in Columbia, Miyabi's, like, <laughs> like, you know, I was like, I text Rhonda, I was like, hey, girl, if you in town, like, come. And I text Kristen, you know, everybody like, I'm going to have my birthday dinner at Miyabi's on Sunday or whatever. So then uh, Saturday morning when I woke up, I, um, my stomach was tightening and then it felt like I peed on myself <laughs> and I was just like, this is weird. So then, um, <laughs> I went in um, the bathroom or whatever. And then like, I got back in bed and then it happened again. Like it's just, it was an uncontrollable, like, I obviously now I know it was a contraction, but you know, at the time I'm just like, mm, this is weird, but whatever. Cause I don't have the great, great responses to certain things. So it kept happening. And I'm sitting here thinking like, am I like, what is it? So I called the nurse line and then I hung up. Cause I'm just like, oh, you know, I'm just overthinking stuff. I'm being dramatic, whatever. And so I did that two more times before I actually stayed on the nurse's line. So I'm on the phone with the nurse and I'm telling her what's going on. And she's like, um, yeah, I, think you might be in labor so you might need to go to the hospital and I'm like like right now and she was like yeah right now and I was like oh okay <laughs> <laughs> so of course me still having no urgency I go I uh, tell my daughter's father I'm like hey you know just got the phone with the nurse. Um, they said I'm probably in labor and we should probably come to the hospital. And he's like, what? Like right now? Cause he was um packaging up some um things to take to a wedding because like he bakes. So he was <laughs> he was packaging up things to get ready to um, you know, provide these things at a wedding. And I was just like, Well, you keep working, I'm gonna go take a shower and then you know, we can <laughs> again, no urgency at all. I'm just chilling having my little contractions and like, you know, chilling. So I go take a shower. <sighs> that shower was everything. Like it was everything. So then I get out the shower. I'm ready. Uh, take me a little quick selfie in the mirror, like a little picture in the mirror. Like, you know, uh, might have this baby today. I don't know yet. Whatever. Just again, no urgency. So then I'm sitting down helping him tie up the rest of the, 
<laughs> the treats to take to the wedding, like <laughs> no urgency. So um, when I would get a contraction, I would tell him, I would say, hey, can you hold on for a minute? I'm going to just go in the living room. So I literally, when I would have a contraction, I would go in the living room, straddle the couch and just breathe through my contractions and then come back in the kitchen like, okay, I'm back and like wrap more treats. So <laughs> shenanigans. So then, <laughs> so then, like he had everything straight, and he was just like, he was like, okay, you know, maybe you should try to eat something. I tried to eat a banana; it wasn't working. So we get in the car, we get ready to head to the hospital, and he's just like, "Are you good? Like, you need me to play something?" So I was just like, "Well, can you play um Backwood by Ari Lennox?" And he was like, "You want a Backwood?" I said, "No, play Backwood by Ari Lennox." And so, like, I'm, like, riding in the car, and between the contractions and the bumps, I was, like, really struggling, because at this point, they were getting more intense. So, we get to the hospital. Every contraction I have, I literally have to stop and gather myself, because they was hitting, like, they were intense. So, get checked in. They check, you know, the fluid to make sure that it's amniotic fluid. And they're like, yep, you know, your water broke or whatever. And, again, me not thinking, because you always see on TV uh, when people's water break, it's this big gush of things or whatever. And mine wasn't like that. So, I never would have been like, oh, my water broke. So, just FYI for anyone that's waiting for a big gush, it probably won't happen. (laughs) So, I get put in my room. And at this point, I just give my phone to um, Artist's dad because I no longer can focus on anything except getting through these contractions. Um, I got to the hospital probably around one something. And they kept telling me to, like, walk around and everything to progress labor. And I was trying my best, but it was just getting real hard. Um, The doctor that first came in my room he was a man that I'd never seen before so again I'm on high alert because I'm just like "Uh uh-uh this is not who I want delivering my baby I don't know you like this is ridiculous and it was like God being on my side the African-American midwife was on call that week so she comes in and I was just like yes thank you so much I was so excited like that made it 10 times better um, <clears throat> so I just labored for as long as I could, like, cause I wanted a natural birth, but I just was going through it. I spent most of my time laboring in the bathroom. Like I just sat on the toilet and just like was rocking back and forth majority of the time. <laughs> um, so at a certain point they asked me if they wanted, if I wanted to get Pitocin because they was like, well, we think this would speed things up for you. So I was just like, well, is this going to make the pain worse? And they were like, yeah. And I was just like, well, I'm barely holding on now, so I'm going to go ahead and get the epidural. And I remember talking with Artis's father, and I said, hey, like, I'm about to get this epidural. I'm sorry. And he was just like, no, like, you've been doing great. Like, there's nothing wrong with getting the epidural. Like, you're good. Because I, I just felt like, dang, I wanted a natural birth, and I felt like I had failed. But then I had to remind myself, like, you know, everything's different. Like everything doesn't go exactly according to your birthing plan. So I got the epidural room. Best thing in the world. Okay. (laughs) Best thing in the world. My mood instantly, like as soon as the epidural set in, whoo child. (laughs) 
I was like a brand new person. I was talking. I was laughing. I was just being me because I didn't have to feel that anymore. Right. <laughs> so um, after I got that, I labored some more. So by this time, it's like Sunday. And uh, my midwife comes in and she's checking me or whatever. And she was just like, I think you're ready to push. And I was just like, what? That's crazy. Um, <laughs> so I wanted the mirror in front of me because I'm one of those people. I like to see things. So I had the mirror so I could see, you know, my daughter being born. So, of course, she's difficult. So I was like pushing and like her heart uh, heart rate was dropping. So they had to like, <clears throat> in between like me pushing, I had to have like an oxygen mask on so um, to make sure she was getting enough. She was just being difficult because she was ready to go at my last appointment and then she flipped to sunny side up because she's difficult, like I said. So, you know, I'm pushing, still in good spirits, because, again, I can't feel nothing. I'm just pushing. And my midwife is like, you're doing a great job. Like, it was just beautiful. Like, you know, African-American, Black woman excellence in there. Like, I was loving it. So, finally, my daughter decides to come out. And so she comes out, and then her dad, I was like, you're going to cut the cord. And he's like, I guess he's grossed out from blood or whatever. He's like, I don't really, I said, no, you're going to do this, so do it. So he cuts the cord or whatever, and then I get my baby, and of course, you know, pro breastfeeding, so they do like the first latch, and you know, everything was pretty good. Like, it was a very pleasant experience. I mean, laboring ain't no joke, but like, my overall experience was amazing. So I ended up having my daughter on my birthday, so... One of the best birthday gifts ever, having my daughter. Um, I always tell people that. They're like, that's so cool. And they was like, did you plan that? And I'm like, I honestly didn't, but my due date was so close to my birthday. I was just like, you might as well, like, you might as well be born on the same day because it's not like I'm going to have a birthday anymore after you're born anyway. So, yes. So that's my birthing story. Oh. Wow. <laughs> so I have some questions for you, man. It, I can appreciate how lively you are and like excited you are to share your birth story. I know there are going to be moms who are going to be listening, who um, are going to have a big smile on their face, Corona, because you sound so happy and like thrilled to be sharing this. So that makes me really happy. Um. I want to go back for a little bit. You had mentioned that, you know, you were nervous and worried about your family accepting your pregnancy, specifically your grandmother, you mm -hmm. know, because she raised you. Um, for people who are in your support system who didn't, you know, see this being your pregnancy happening for your life in that moment what do you think helped you specifically to like navigate that like emotional or like mental challenge of not having the people who you really really wanted and really really love to be there for you um honestly um <clears throat> journaling is what helped me like okay. Yes, journaling was really um a big thing for me. Um it like that was the only time like I could just 
take time and get all of the emotions, all of the chaos in my head out. And honestly, it's literally like you're writing it. And as you're writing it, you're releasing it. So honestly, journaling is what kept me sane. Um, Yeah. Um, And, you know, having like my friends, you know, and stuff like that. And um, Artist's father, he was really supportive too. Um, So aside from having other support and journaling, I think that's what really um, kept me like just praying and journaling. That's what kept me together. Um, Cause it was, it was really tough. It was very emotional, really tough, but you know, had to stay strong. I did it. And now, you know, my grandma be trying to take my daughter from me and take her home. And I'm just like, it's just amazing to see the, the, transition mm-hmm. yeah 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 do you think that uh with the support that you did have let's say you know grandma didn't come around or it took her even longer than you know reality do you think that with the support that you did have um that you would have been able to manage um pregnancy you know postpartum and where you're at right now without having that support or do you feel like um this was something that you needed to happen um I feel like I'm one of those people where it's like you know support really means a lot to me but at the same time like the person that I am I'm gonna do my best to you know, get it done regardless. Um, Like, the support I had, like, was, uh, you know, amazing, and it did help me through. Um, I do think if I didn't have the support that I had, it would have been, um, it would have been rough. Like, yeah. So I definitely, excuse me, feel like in those times, like, because your emotions are so all over the place it's really um vital to have some type of support right right and i think that you know the majority of of uh moms who come on to the podcast have expressed support as being something that's been so vital throughout their pregnancy and you know postpartum period and where they're at right now in motherhood so i can understand how you know having those people who obviously you mentioned that she raised you for the most part um so having that support would have been important but um if it hadn't been there then you would have figured it out you would have figured it out Um, The other thing that I wanted to ask you was, you know, you had mentioned that you had gotten with Baby and Co. And, you know, as of late, there has been a movement for women and birthing people to have midwives, to birth in birthing centers and do home births and have doulas and everything like that. You know, with the change in your birth plan, the facility closing. Talk with us a little bit about how you mentally and emotionally process those expectations now looking different for your birth plan. Um, yeah, so <clears throat> that was um that one was tough because I am definitely one of those people like if it I like stuff set a certain way. So if like this is like my plan, this is what I'm expecting, and then when it gets switched, I'm just like all frazzled. So, um, like I said, I was freaking out at work because I'm just like, 
I have no idea what I'm going to do because I was like set on this and I was switching to this. And then like just from being at Baby and Cole and just doing research, it's just like having a baby in a hospital really um, just how they do it. Things are improving, but just from, you know, the knowledge of it, they put you on your bag. Like they don't want you to move around and all that stuff. And all that isn't natural. Like you should post to like move around, be in different positions because birthing on your back really isn't natural so I was just thinking about all of that because I was just like set in stone on having this natural birth but you know God had other plans and it just had to be one of those things I had to just kind of adapt to and it was not easy but I kept telling myself like everything happens for a reason everything is going to work out for the best and Again, I was so happy that I was able to have Katrina George, which is my which was my midwife there, and that made it like ten times better. Right. So, yeah, and I think that that's something to be um, mindful of um, for listeners is that there are you know agencies, facilities. Um, that do have midwife practices and OBGYN and midwife practices together. And they do uh, deliver in hospitals. And so a lot of times we do tend to just think about, you know, the OB in the hospital setting, but midwives do have privileges to deliver as well. And so if that is something that, you know, is really important to you and to your birth experience, then, you know, I echo everything that you said, Corona, about you know, having your person there, because it sounds like, you know, you named her by name. So she must have been such an amazing support system to you throughout your delivery. Yeah, she was very gentle and calming. And I actually, um, we were discussing, like, actually getting a doula um, before. um, But I think we just decided, like, against not against it but we just decided that you know we're not going to get one at this time but we did interview um some doulas so but you know again I definitely advocate for doulas though yeah definitely because if you don't have certain people that's going to advocate for you like doulas really come in handy because just in certain circumstances, like the father of my child, he's he was really good about like helping me through. So, um, but you know, everybody that ain't they calling, you know, everybody not good in that high stress situation. So I feel right. like those are you know good for both aspects of the duo, like to be advocate for mom, but also be supportive for dad as well. So I definitely like. <clears throat> even though I didn't have one personally, I definitely understand the, you know, the need for doulas and their important role in um, women's uh, birthing journey. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You had mentioned that you um, you had uh, had baby and baby was born on your birthday. Such a special, <laughs> such a special time. You know, I know of one other person um, like that and it's just wild to think that like you can literally birth your child onto such a already special day. So that, that I'm pretty sure that that's pretty amazing for you all. And to carry out that tradition forever, that that'll be something to see, you know, yeah. especially as she gets older. Yeah. Um, you had mentioned, and these are your words. You said 
you had had the thought that you failed because you didn't have a natural birth. Mm -hmm. And that was when you were talking about getting an epidural. And I wanted to acknowledge the fact that, you know, I'm also lumped into that, not with an epidural, but because, you know, I labored for two days unmedicated um, to have a vaginal birth and my birth ended in a C-section. Um, and so I thought that I failed, but there are so many moms who have been on this podcast, who I work with personally, who, you know, I work with professionally, who have said that they have experienced that thought of failure or the feeling of failure as well. And so I just wanted to say that, you know, you're not the only person who has experienced that. And, you know, for listeners as well, it's so important for other women to share their stories so that we can hear, oh my goodness, I felt that way too. Like, but I now know that that's not the case, that I birthed my beautiful child earthside. And yes. that's the part that, you know, is important. Not how you got them here, but the fact that they are here and that you did your damnest job getting them here, right? Yes, it is one of those things. Cause I feel like as um, like just as a mom, there's already so much weight on your shoulders because you literally like, you know, as a mom, you're expected to do it all. You're it's just this just this weight, this expectation for like mm -hmm. mothers. And just from my birthing experience to going through like um my lactation program, it's just you have to encourage moms like in every aspect because like yes you might have felt like a failure but I guess we have to get to the point of like you didn't fail like everybody's journey is different mm -hmm. and like you did good like you did good because listen labor is no joke so no, not at all <laughs> hearing a baby for nine months is no joke so like just that like moms deserve their flowers for just that so it just sucks that you know even from social media and um, just this image that a lot of people post on social media about, oh, pregnancy and in this light and all this stuff. But like people really need to give like the nitty gritty, like real side of it. Like, yeah. oh, I had this natural birth. Everything was perfect. Like, yeah, that's good for you. That happens for some people. Like, congratulations. But everybody's birthing story is different and no matter how just like with breastfeeding no matter how you feed your baby even if it's just a drop of breast milk or formula like the fact is you're doing your job you gave birth no matter how you did it you're feeding your baby no matter how you do it it's like you're not a failure like you did it each day is a win and yeah. <laughs> I just feel like moms just need to be reminded of that because it's so quick to think in that moment dang, I'm feeling just because I'm getting the epidural. When it's just like, girl, like, you carried a whole baby full term. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> you've been laboring in pain, mm -hmm. struggling. Like, an epidural, you deserve this break. Enjoy it. Relax. <laughs> mm -hmm. You're right, though. You're right. And I, I think you brought up a really good point about, you know, social media. Like, no matter how your baby got here, um, it's completely valid. And that goes from, you know, having an unmedicated birth to a medicated birth, having a vaginal birth to a C-section, even adopting, even, yeah. you know, IVF, even, uh, you know, surrogacy. And I feel like, you know, so many moms feel left out of the circle when we do just talk about 
you know, the status quo. Like I had a vaginal delivery and it went awesome and it had no complications and mm-hmm. all of those things. So I echo exactly what you say when, you know, not to take away from those moms, but it's so important for us to hear different stories across the board. Those stories that are status quo where there are no complications and it's, you know, what what our expectations in society tell us, but we also need to hear what reality says. And reality lets us know that, a lot of unexpected events can arise throughout delivery, for because, sure. Yeah, because I think um, a lot of times with both uh, pregnancy and with breastfeeding, I feel like a lot of times we think, okay, this is what our body was made to do. It should be natural. It should be easy. But, you know, realistically, like, stuff happens. That's just life. Stuff is going to happen. Stuff is going to happen out of your control. And I mean, you can't control every aspect of everything. Like you might have a general guideline, but you have to realize if you made your life exactly how you wanted it, like you would think it would be fulfilling, but I think it would be kind of boring if everything went exactly to plan because you would miss out all the little things that, you know, just you wouldn't expect to have enjoyed or give you a story. Just like I always say, like, there's no testimony without a test. So mm-hmm. it's just things like that. Where it's just like stuff happens and you actually find strength and, you know, courage in yourself when, hey, this didn't go how I planned it, but I still got through it. Yeah. And I think that's just beautiful in itself. It is. It really is. It really is. And you brought up lactation. You first mentioned during your introduction that you recently completed a lactation. um, I believe you did you say counselor? Uh, No, it's actually a lactation consultant um, program. They actually had the program at Johnson C. Smith. So it was um, just a almost like a half a year program. Okay. Um, yeah. So mm-hmm. talk with us about your breastfeeding journey. Um, so uh, I actually, you know, never really thought about it. Um, I actually have had a breast reduction I had back in 2011, I think. I don't remember. It's been a long, long time ago. So when I uh, actually got my breast reduction, the um the surgeon mentioned he was like you know the type of breast reduction I you know performed on you you should still be able to breastfeed and I was like oh okay that's great because at the time I'm not thinking about kids I'm not thinking about any of that just get these boobs up off me (laughs) um so I um you know didn't think about any of that I actually got into lactation and breastfeeding while I was pregnant and while I was going to baby co because um they're as part of their um, package, you have uh, different classes, so different um, birth feeding, uh, breastfeeding classes, birthing classes, just different classes they give you to prepare you as much as they can for the birth of your baby. So in learning about that, I just got like super interested in it. And I was like, oh my goodness, like this is amazing. Like I realized that I enjoyed talking about breastfeeding to other people. And I was just like, oh, you know, that's cool or whatever. So Actually, um, so after I had my daughter at Novant, they're um, they're a baby friendly hospital, so they promote breastfeeding. So um, I had lactation consultants come in to visit me after I had a baby, and one of the ladies, her name is um, uh, Lugenia Grider. Um, she's actually a doula as well. Um, 
in the Charlotte area. She um came in to help and she was just like, you're very knowledgeable about this. Like you seem like you know what you're doing. You got all the techniques down. And she said, have you ever thought about being a lactation consultant? And I was just like, uh, no, I don't really know what that is like until just now but you know no I haven't <laughs> and she was like oh I think you would be good and I was like oh okay thanks um so again I just had a baby I'm not thinking about none of that I'm just trying to feed my baby and you know stop hurting <laughs> so I actually ended up seeing her again like in just in passing um I saw her again and I was just like oh that's the lady that was uh helped me with my baby blah 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 uh and then i started i was a part of this group called uh queen city cocoa beans which is like a um women of color support group um uh for like breastfeeding and you know stuff like that so i was a part of um that group and then i forgot how it happened but i think i saw it maybe on facebook or something like that that they had a lactation training program at Johnson C. Smith. And I was just like, that's crazy. Like, maybe this is a sign that I should get into this. I don't know. So I went to the informational and lo and behold, Virginia was there. And the lady that's over the, um, her name is Rachel Davis, that's over uh, Queen City Cocoa Beans. And I was just like, well, this is crazy. Like, I know these people like, from different areas, but this program so I was just like you know what? it's a sign I'm gonna do it <laughs> so I ended up applying and then I got accepted um so yeah I just finished um maybe like a month two months ago I just finished the program I haven't sat for my board certification yet but um yeah just it's been amazing like just being able to intern and see women and just to know because like my breastfeeding journey was very rocky again it was one of those things like I feel like just because of stress and like postpartum depression baby blues like just everything and being so far away from my support system because most of my family is like an hour away so it just was a lot so I think that took a toll on um, my milk supplies. So my bre breastfeeding journey was really emotional. And um, like with the breast reduction, I still am able to make milk. Um, so that wasn't the issue. I think it was just as far as me hydrating enough and being stressed because once again, breastfeeding is one of those things you think is natural, but it's really kind of hard <laughs> so just not getting it and then feeling like a failure because I had to supplement my daughter some with formula it was just real stressful and then pumping is no joke it's just one of those things that again society social media makes it seem like it's so easy it should come natural but breastfeeding being a mother first of all is is hard it's a joyous experience but it is hard it is no skittles and rainbows i don't care what nobody tells you and breastfeeding was one of those things too it was like really took dedication because you know your breasts need to be emptied every three hours 
So it's just like you you don't seem like you have a life. It's just literally I'm always feeding my baby or I'm always pumping my breast. It was just a lot. But I am proud to say that I look back because like, and Rhonda tells me all the time, she was like, I commend you because you stuck with it. And my daughter's still breastfeeding. I don't think she getting that much. I think she get little hits. And I think she just like it for the comfort at this point. But How I old is she, Corona? She's two. She's two. Okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, she asked for it. She literally comes up and she says, boob. And I'm just like, all right. And then she say, boob, please. And I'm just like, all right, here you go. Go ahead now. <laughs> but yeah, so, and that's another thing, dealing with people and they judging you about still breastfeeding your baby. Like, that's our business. Because um, I'm not going to cut her off because it's not, it doesn't bother me. Right. So, again, it's one of those society things. So I'm just like, well, as long as my baby happy, I don't care. Because um, I wanted to self let her self-wean. So I honestly thought it was going to be like after a year, you know, 18 months or something. But no, baby girl's still going strong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and even now, <laughs> even now when I'm gone, like I, I went on a trip recently and I hadn't seen her for maybe like five days. So I was just like, okay, she done forgot about the boobs. Nope. Soon as I get there, she give me a hug, give me a kiss, lift my shirt up. I'm like, all right. <laughs> yeah, it's so precious to hear you talk about that. My son is two, and he is also still on his nummies. Yeah. And, and it, yeah, it, it's a beautiful thing. Um, it really is, and it's such a bonding experience. It's so interesting hearing your story and just hearing you talk because you have mentioned society quite a bit and how much those external expectations kind of get put on mothers in their journeys and experiences and can oftentimes influence the the way in which we mother and so the fact that you're um, encouraging listeners and other moms to um, just stand firm in whatever it is that feels right for you and for your family. I appreciate because that's so incredibly important. Society is not in your house, right? Like they are, you know, like those um, implications, maybe things that are in the back of your head, but you know what works for your family. And that's the message that I got from you and your sharing. Yes, I definitely and one of those like pro women type things. It's just like you do what's best for you. Like right. it's just one of those things. Like you, and I know it's hard because just being surrounded by so much social influence, it is hard. But you just really have to bring it back and just be like, you do what's best for you. You do what works for you. Don't worry about anybody else because at the end of the day, it's you, like you said, you and your family. Like society is not in your house. And a lot of times people that, you know, say negative things, like they're not being authentic. So it's like you have to do what's best for you and stop trying to like look and be like what they're portraying. It's like, no, their walk is different. This is exactly. this is your path. You you focus on you. You do you. You doing a great job at what you're doing. So exactly. Exactly. Don't compare. Like comparing is the worst thing to do. Mm-hmm. And again, it's hard to say it. It's one thing to say it, and it's one thing to practice it. But you know, just to keep it in your mind that don't compare. Focus on your journey. Do it. Do what is best for you. And at the end of the day, you're doing great. It might not feel like it every day, but you're doing great. 
day. Every day that you wake up and do it, no matter how much you do, how little you do, you did it. Yeah. I feel like those are gems that we all need to hear that you're dropping on us, Corona. You know, <laughs> you know. I mean, because we all experience that. And I think if a mom tells you that she doesn't, I would wonder whether she's being truthful. Because, right. you know, we all have those moments where we are comparing ourselves, where we are saying and asking ourselves, like, am I enough? Have I done enough? Like, just questioning where you are. And so, you know, I think you have put those words so beautifully and the message is very clear in that, you know, who knows what's right? Like we, we, no one knows, right? Like we're all just trying to get through the day with our littles and using what we know. You had um, mentioned that a lot of factors that came into play like possible baby blues, possible postpartum. Had you ever been diagnosed or were those just uh, symptoms that you were having and you thought that maybe you were experiencing postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety? Talk with us a little bit about that. Um, so I never got diagnosed because um, I'd be transparent. Like it's one of those things, just trying to break that, that hold of like, oh, you know, you don't need therapy, you don't need this, like, you got it, you know, just, just pray and everything will be fine, like, it's like one of those things, so, like, but, like, looking back, because, again, it's hard to um admit stuff when you're in it, because you're so, um I guess, overwhelmed, and you're just deep into, into it, that it's sometimes hard for you to see, and that's where like your outside support and things come in because they can see that you're not being your normal self. But like me looking back, like I'm pretty sure I had postpartum depression and not just baby blues, but I kept telling myself it was baby blues because I didn't want to you know, actually go and get help. But like just thinking back to like how it was because I'm a social person. Like, I love being around my family. I love, you know, being with my friends, talking to my friends. And, like, after I had my daughter, like, things with me and her dad, like, fell off completely. So I think that had something to do with it as well. But I just cut myself off from a lot of people. And then, um, like, you know, of course, they would call and check. and be like, oh, how's it going? And I was just like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. Like, when knowing that like I wasn't fine, like it was just I'm yeah, it was definitely postpartum depression. And again, uh, just one of those things I struggled with just admitting that. But again, just being in the thick of it and just consumed with it, it was just hard for me to admit and find a way out. But I did, and um, not saying it was easy. Not saying that I could I should have done it without getting help. So you know I am thankful that you know nothing drastic happened and I was able to eventually get out of it but you know it was one of those things I looked back and I was like you know I probably should have talked to somebody about that because it was it was bad it was like because I really had cut myself off like I didn't want anybody to come visit like I just wanted to be me and my baby and I just wanted to be a super mom and then any little thing that was off I just felt like a failure and like I would just be super sad I would just be sitting there holding my baby just crying and I was just like 
you know, certain things are hormones and emotions, but then, you know, you have to realize when it's a step past that. So definitely say all that stuff is real. It's not one of those like things that people just try to diagnose everybody with. No, like there is a difference between, you know, just regular hormones, baby blues and postpartum depression. And I know it's hard for a lot of people to reach out and admit that because again, you think, oh, I'm a failure because I got postpartum depression or, oh, I'm, you know, something's wrong with me. And it's hard to admit, like, you know, stuff that happens when you feel less than because you feel like, oh, this isn't supposed to happen to me. I'm supposed to be super excited. I just had this baby. This is the best day, best thing of my life. But it's crazy. It's not it's not like that. And uh, I think people just need to realize that you never know. Like you can't predict it. You never know. And it's just super important to be aware and have a support system and put your pride and ego and all that aside. And it's just like, okay, there's people out here. This is their job to help. And if I need that, I shouldn't be ashamed to get it. Yeah. You know, uh, as a therapist and as a therapist that specializes specifically in perinatal mood and anxiety disorders, it is like butterflies and fireworks going off right now to hear you say that um, in a very transparent way that you did struggle with the fact that this was something hard to admit that this was going on. And the reason why I'm saying that I can appreciate you saying that is because that helps another mom by hearing you say that to know that, okay, There is someone else out here who has been in this position, who has experienced these symptoms, who at one point was scared and didn't want to say anything, didn't want to acknowledge it, and now is saying, yes, reach out to support. I think that that's powerful for you to offer that to another another mom, another woman who may be listening. Mm -hmm. Um, And as a therapist, I feel like it's important for me to acknowledge the fact that, you know, if there's someone out there listening, if it's two weeks into postpartum, yes, that may be baby blues, but past two weeks, we're looking at some other things, right? We're looking at depression, anxiety, possible OCD, you know, the list goes on. And so, you know, it may be scary, right? It likely is, you know, when we talk about, um, those expectations that we've been talking about all um, this episode, a lot Mm -hmm. of it has to do with stigma. A lot of it has to do with like lack of education and lack of awareness and things like that. All of that comes into play with regard to a mom deciding not to reach out for support. And so I am thankful that you were transparent and and vulnerable enough to acknowledge that, um, Maybe that was an opportunity that you missed, but we are thankful and I'll speak for, you know, our listeners that we're thankful that you did make it to the other side. And um, as you say, didn't um, drastically experience um, a whole lot of pain and suffering as it relates to um, possible postpartum related disorders, because we know that a lot of times moms don't make it through. And so I am appreciative that you're here with us today. Yeah, I just want to, you know, you know how sometimes you make like mistakes and you learn from them, but you want to like put it out there so moms won't make the same, 
you know, mistake that you made. Um, but, you know, you want to make it easier. And if you can make it easier for the next mom, that's definitely what I want to do. Like, I want to let moms know that it's okay. It's yeah. fine. Like, you are not lacking in any aspect. Not and, at all. Yeah, so I'm glad, you know, to be able to share my experience and, you know, let moms know that everything is not skills and rainbows all the time. And that's okay. Yeah, it is. It is okay. And that support is out there, you know, and it comes in the form of therapy. It also can come in the form of support groups, just being amongst other women on a regular weekly or monthly basis to Mm -hmm. talk about commonly experienced issues within, you know, pregnancy or postpartum. And so there are so many, and I'll link them in the show notes, but there are so many different support groups for any stage that a, a, a mom may be in throughout her journey where she can find her community. And I feel like it's so important. You know, you started off talking about support and here we are ending the episode talking about therapy and the support that you can get. So, you know, I just want to echo the fact that you're right. If you are experiencing these things, it is okay. Um, and reaching out is also okay. Reaching out for help is that does not make you weak at all. No. It makes you strong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> without a doubt, without a doubt. Corona, is there something that you want to share with a mom or parent who may be listening that we were not able to cover or that you just want to be able to get off of your chest? Um, I think I think I pretty much hit everything. Um, I do have um one little tidbit that I did enjoy with being pregnant. So um definitely if you have never thought about it, uh you can get um prenatal like uh chiropractic services so I went to the chiropractor like a majority of my pregnancy and I have to say it helped a lot with back pain I did not experience much back pain so that's a nice tidbit um prenatal massages are amazing um so you should definitely do that um other than that just you know being a mom is like one of the best privileges like honors that you will have um and again no matter how you got the motherhood no you know no matter your journey never forget that you got this and you are doing your best and it is okay to ask for help um the whole village thing is very true i know people like to say i'm strong i'm independent okay that's great but support is really great too so mm-hmm. <laughs> just like you don't have to be alone like you said there's all types of support groups um just from every stage from you know getting pregnant being pregnant newborn breastfeeding everything so you know just for moms in general like you have one of the hardest most fulfilling jobs in the world and every day may not look like the hot at the end of the rainbow, but rainbows are still pretty, right? So, <laughs> like, you got this. And I, I just want to encourage moms that, like, 
you got it. And if you need help, there are so many people you can reach out. Hey, you can reach out to me if you need to. I'll find something because, you know, I have people, you know, you need breastfeeding support. You just need support in general. I do my best to help because that's all I want to do. I want to encourage moms and I want them to rock it out like the rock stars that we are. Yes, I I love it. I love it. I thank you again for coming on and, you know, sharing your experiences. Your laughter is contagious um, and just being, you know, vulnerable and offering to another mother um, maybe what you didn't even get throughout, you know, your experiences. So, so appreciative. And you know, I can't wait to listen back and for you to um yeah, keep us updated on your journey and your your experiences. And also, I want to say before we end that, you know, if you have information to share as it relates to how people in your area can get in touch with you for lactation services, you make sure you send that over to me so that I can put it in the show notes as well. Okay. Um, again, thank you so much for having me. Um, when you reached out to me, I was just like, oh, I guess I do have a birthing story, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I have a whole video of my birth, but you know, no one knows like all the rest of the story. So I thank you so much for reaching out to me and giving me this opportunity to actually like get this out and record it and just again be something to give, you know, moms like a reference, you know, hope, like anything, like anything that me giving my birth story like helps in any way, like that's a win. So I really thank you for this opportunity. Oh, I really appreciate it. And I hope you take care, Corona. Thank you, you as well. Have a good one. All right, you too. Bye bye. As always, it's important for me to know that this podcast does not replace being connected or receiving therapeutic services from a licensed mental health clinician. If you are experiencing a life-threatening emergency, please call 911 or go to your local emergency room. You can also find additional resources on episode two, one being postpartum.net, where you can get connected with support groups, as well as therapists, psychiatrists, other providers within your community that may be of service to you on your motherhood journey. Again, that resource is postpartum.net, but you can find additional ones on episode two. Thank you.